Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 423 Soccer Pod. This is Jim, aka I gotta change. It's USL underscore Delinda underscore Est. And who am I speaking with tonight, Todd? Hey, this is the great footballer, the original account. And I gotta say, if it was ever gonna be between you and I about who got like Twitter banned first, my money was on me, not you. So this is a, uh, it was kind of humorous to find out that you got you got out. It's not actually, it's actually not my first time in timeout. So, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> so, normally I've gotten in timeout because I've been, I've used aggressive language towards like referees while I'm watching a match. You know, like not to anybody specific, just, you know, I just use aggressive language in general. And, and, you know, I get the note, we're trying to protect people on Twitter. And because you're, your language is aggressive or, you know, you, you have a 12, 12 hour timeout. And, and in, in the past, what I've you got, what you got the timeout for was absolutely. So it just, it was the least, I mean, of all the things that you've said, like that's almost like the least abrasive, the yeah. least aggressive thing. Yeah. I just, I don't need, yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. Well, you know, for the, for the, one follower, one, one person who listens to this, who's maybe not on Twitter and doesn't know. So I, I rewatched the, um, and don't ask me why, but I rewatched the, cha- the championship match, uh, two or three times. And so I said, you know, Hey, I've watched it a couple of times. You know, I've, I've, I've done some stats. I'm going to put, yeah, I'm going to put out the XG chart and, and I think, I think it's going to surprise people because it surprised me. And uh, a Detroit City supporter like responded and said, "Well, I could watch that match three or four hundred times." And so I was said, "I said, knock yourself out," <laughs> meaning go, <laughs> go right ahead, you know, <laughs> go right ahead, knock yourself out. Well, and then I then you know I went about to tweeting about other stuff, and I think I I think oh no I did I put out the stats that I had done, I put out the XG chart and put out an edited XG chart and was talking to some people. And then all of a sudden my Twitter account stopped working. And this was like a couple hours later. And so I, I was confused, but I recognized the behavior and I was like, what have I said? And sure enough, when I went on the, when I went on the Twitter account, it said, please go to twitter.com and log in and follow the directions. And I'm like, okay, I must have said something. And so I scrolled back and literally thought I could not, I was like, I don't see anything that I've said. Normally I can be like, okay, it was probably, it was probably these groupings of tweets or whatever. I didn't see anything. And then I looked at my email and they show, it shows what tweet, uh, was the, was the offender. And I was like, you've got to be effing kidding me. You know, Knock yeah, yourself that makes out. Me wondered if anyone actually read the tweet or no, it was AI. Keywords grouped together. Yeah. that sends a yeah, yeah, sends a flag. Initially, well, initially, I, Todd. You know what? But, it's just Big Brother. But then I appealed it, and I immediately got back. Like immediately was like maybe the next morning, quickly, but within the next or maybe within the next couple of hours, 
I got back a denial of my appeal and said, no, we reviewed it and you violated the terms. I'm like, you've got what? So, I mean, like, it, there's no way. They, a, oh, that's terrible. There's no way a native English speaker or a human. There's no way a human saw that. It, they had to f- put it through some type of algorithm and it spit out some score that they were like, nope, you know, there's, it's no reason to, there's no reason to look at it. So I got my appeal denied. And so then I went on to put in your, the cell phone number that you, you put, you're supposed to put in your cell number and you get a code, you put the code in and the clock starts on your, um, on your 12 hour timeout. Well, I never got a code. Like I did it four or five times, never got a code. Um, the next morning put it in, didn't get a code. I thought, well, okay, maybe it's my phone number. I put in Heather's number. I put in my, both of my boys numbers, never got a code. Um, two days later, my wife's like, well, let's try my work phone. And I was like, fine, that'd be the fifth number I try. Um, and put her phone number in and sure enough that worked. And the only thing I can think of is the four numbers I had tried before are T-Mobile, you know, former Sprint numbers. And hers was a Verizon number. That there's something screwy between Twitter and and that, but in the meantime, Todd, I don't even know if you know this. I created a like an alt account that I felt like I'd have to use for a while, and I started following the people I used to follow. I followed too many, and I got suspended. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, so my second account, incredible. my second account got suspended, but then I got my main account back and. So yeah, it's USL underscore. You, you got suspended. Hold on. How did you get suspended for following too many people? Because it it was like bot, and they were they thought it may be a bot. Like it, fo- it I followed too many people too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and and what I love, you know, I honestly like there was a point in the last two weeks. There was a point in the last two weeks. I, I thought to myself. I'm going to go back to Facebook. This Twitter thing is insane. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, I was frustrated. Uh, I'll just use that. I was very frustrated. And when, when my second account got suspended and I went on and it said, please enter a cell phone number and, you know, please put your cell phone number here. And then you will send you, I almost wanted, I wanted to throw my laptop through the window because um, but that's when Heather was like, Hey, let's use my work number. Cause we haven't tried that yet. And that ended up working. So, um, I went on and I, I removed my appeal. I, um, because somehow it, it recorded probably because I was spamming, I was spamming any kind of support form I could find. Um, I probably submitted multiple appeals. So I, I, uh, pulled back an appeal and it said, Oh, well, thank you for pulling. Thank you. Thank you. If you want to um, just delete the tweet, click this button and your account will be, your account will be put back. So I deleted the tweet and you know, then I'm back. So I'm back. In other Um, words, admit you were wrong. Right. Yeah. Admit you were wrong. (laughs) Yeah. We will will give you your account back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, fine. I did you know, I'm not wrong, but. And the, the, the Detroit guy after, after I was back was, was like, Hey, just so you know, I didn't hurt myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm like, that's good to hear. I was worried about it. I didn't want you to actually knock yourself out. Uh, well, anyway, so that was, that was, well, while you were banned on Twitter, while you were banned on Twitter, I 
I was, uh, I've been running around North Georgia to all kinds of uh, high school soccer games in case you hadn't noticed. Uh, well, no, I and, didn't uh, notice because I, uh, I wasn't on Twitter. No one's been over. I, I, that's fair. I, I did. I did increase our exposure on Facebook. I added some uh, a lot a lot of followers to the uh, to the soccer pod on on Facebook. I didn't even know that that could still be done, but apparently people are still over there paying attention. So well, that's good. Uh, like we always say at the end of the podcast, check us out on Facebook. Uh, and I, I I do a lot of the high school so- local high school soccer stuff over there. So. Yeah. And I try to do it on Twitter too. It's just a, a little more. It's a little easier to do over on Facebook. So. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's that's my trials and tribulations um, on on Twitter, but that's probably not what people want to hear about. So we, we haven't done a post-match rant in a while, and so we've got four matches to cover, Todd. We've got, and, and in addition to the four matches, we've got some club news that I think everybody probably knows about now because it's been a little while. Um, a secondary kit and and a a really big announcement that I think a lot of people have been anxiously awaiting for multiple years. And that's the announcement of the women's team. So we'll talk a little bit about that and then, you know, get into, um, you know, the Cal game from last night. Well, certainly that's, that one's fresh, I think on a lot of people's minds and then go ahead and look forward to the rest of the season and talk about, you know, kind of where we think we go from, here um and uh, we've got a couple of friendlies coming up too and so there's plenty to talk about i guess we can start with um go back to the beginning of the tournament and i think when you and i first spoke about the the tournament we felt like that first game was going to be so very important um against la i think both of us were probably thinking of la as the uh, as the la team that played us off the pitch at times while only playing with 10 men and i think we thought or at least i did i won't yeah, put yeah i think so you and i were both on the same page of that yeah so i i think both of us thought you know this could be you know that could be the team that comes out of that group uh, you know if if chattanooga doesn't perform well right out of the gate, it could be a very short tournament for us. And uh, so we get in there. You're telling me you didn't get nervous in the very beginning of that game. (laughs) uh, Then I would be shocked because, I mean, we come right out of the gate. and Oh, I know. Right out. It was like the sixth. It was like the sixth minute, seventh minute, something like that. I don't. It was early. It was. It was early. Trombone, like right, right. Yes, it was. It was in the first ten minutes, and it was a, and you know, it was a, um, it it reminded me of the, it reminded me of the uh, Oakland goal, that uh, the tying Oakland goal, the one that's on the T-shirt, you know, where the ball is played long, a center back doesn't wrap 100%. himself in it, glory. It it, it it did, and and there and there were a lot of there. Were, well, there are a lot of similarities, not only like how it was played, but, you know, that turns out like if you look between the two that were communicating, because that was Kai, who was a new player, uh, had only been with the team about four days, I believe, uh, and and uh, Phil coming off his line. And there was just some bad communication there. And, yeah. uh, and, and it led to the same result as a year ago out in Oakland. And here we are sitting uh, in a 1-0 hole in, inside of 10 minutes. And you're like, oh. Yeah, I mean, because I, you know, I had, I had, you know, I had fall the fall LA Force team on my mind. 
I, you know, I probably what I should have done is gone back and looked at the, because I, you know, I'd I knew that they had some turnover in players, but I still, I still, I just had that that fall game was just in, firmly implanted in my mind, and when that goal went in, I was like, this is going to be tough. I I don't know, I don't know what we're going to do, and luckily, just about fifteen minutes later, um, you know, we got that we got we got kind of lucky, I guess the, there was a, was it a free kick that went off that was saved onto the bar and the goalie kind of fell into the goal. Uh, and Juan was the first one to respond. I mean, he was by himself. I mean, the LA, the whole LA line just stood there and watched three CFC players go towards goal. And Juan probably one of the easier goals Juan's ever going to score. Um, you know, just heading it in from about, I don't know, a foot. Uh, and, and it's tied up and you got, and I was thinking, okay, um, you know, I don't have any notes from the game. Unfortunately, I, you know, I was doing, I was doing stats for, um, for Nisa and the BN broadcast. And so when you do stats, you don't actually, I never really see the game. Humble brag. Humble brag <laughs> right, it's a humble brag. Yeah. Well, I mean, let me tell you, I, you know, I was, I was, I was really excited about it. And then. Owen took me up to the the place I would do it. And it was like, I was in a room by myself. It was me, a monitor, a headset and the snacks. So it was, I had all the snacks for the cameraman. Yeah. I had, so I had snacks. I had, you know, candy bars, which was, which in turn out not being great for me, but, um, but yeah, I was by myself the whole time. Like occasionally, uh, you know, Peter came in, Peter Wilcock came in once and said, Hey, Jeremy stopped by a couple of times, but I was just like, this is not what I envisioned. I'm not sure what I envisioned, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was lonely up there, but I appreciate it. It was, it was cool that I got to listen to the, the director kind of talk, uh, talk through the broadcast. That was interesting. Um, but anyway, so I don't have a lot of notes from that game. I don't know if you remember. I don't remember too much about it, other than I remember the 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 Juan's goal. Then you know, I think I think we all remember Cam's goal, um, because I think that oh, whose goal? <laughs> huh? Whose goal did you say? Cam. Cam. Woodfin. Okay. Right. Yep, I sorry I misunderstood you. So, yeah. yeah. And that was the that was the goal where Tate, I think it was Tate. Was it Tate? Out uh on the side or was it I think it was Tate who who um backheeled it away from the defender, crossed it and then Cam kind of backheeled it into into the goal, right? Oh, it was yeah, it was a beaut. There were uh, there are two great goals in that game, and well, no, that was that was the that was the big one, right? Yeah, that was the second goal, and then I don't because remember that one, ended, that one. Yeah, that one ended up on like like I think maybe on NBC Sports yes. or something like that. Mm-hmm. It got it got picked up by some national yeah uh, got some national coverage to it. So no, it was a beauty. Yeah, because Tate, you know Tate's taking. I think it's Tate that's taking the ball, dribbling it. Oh, basically, he's dribbling it away from goal on the touchline, and then with one quick move, back heels it, turns and separates from the defender, and then puts in a cross right on, 
right in, inside the six yard box, and Cam just kind of deflects it in with his heel. I mean, it was a it was a classy goal. It was nice. He um, gave it. Hey, he gave he gave it the old pipe, is what he did. <laughs> So that was a nice goal, and then later on, classic pop. later on, uh, let's see who about a couple. I don't have the, I don't have the minute on the Woodfin goal, but at the 40th minute, Marcus, and I don't remember, I don't remember these goals. So maybe if you remember it, um, Nagelstad scored at the 40th minute, and then Hoff scored in the 65th minute, and you know you got. I'm leaving the stadium thinking. Wow! If that's you know, if that's the LA Force team that we played in the fall, did we get that much better by bringing in Tate Robertson and Marcus? I mean, did we really get that much better? And I, I, I really didn't know. Uh, what, what were your thoughts when you left? When you, uh, when that game was over? Well, uh, to be fair, I was pleasantly surprised with the turnaround because anytime that we go down one to nothing early uh you know it's it's frustrating because especially in that manner where you know it's it just bad communication and that sort of thing uh it's it's always kind of a bad signal for things to come but to the team's credit i mean we pulled out of it we started playing some some good football and we kept the kept the ball on the ground for the most part. Um, and, and I feel like that's when we play our best, honestly, is when we keep the ball on the road and, and we can move it around some. Uh, but no, walking out of the stadium, man, I, I mean, I felt, I felt really good. And I felt like we finished the chances that were given to us, right? Like we were there to do it, like wine capitalizing on their mistake. Because I mean, that's always what you got to do, right? Anytime yeah. the other team makes a mistake. Like, you have to punish them for it, especially like, you know, like in uh, the case of Wine's goal, it's right there for the taking. Like, mm-hmm. you got to capitalize on it. you got to be first to it. So, I mean, I felt good about our situation without a doubt because we had talked about, and you already have covered a little bit, we thought that game was critical. And getting out of it with three points, I mean, really, no matter how it happened, it had to happen. Uh, so, I felt good about it. Yeah, it was, not only, it was not only three points. It was three points in a plus three goal differential, when, which – which we we knew could also be huge. Yeah, um, which you know, considering the first two matches of the of that day, that was already big. I mean, you know, it was because Cal and Detroit had had drawn in the second game. I don't remember what happened in the first one. Um, so it was you know it was already big. We had three we had a three goal advantage on on probably the two other teams that really had a shot that I thought were you know favorites were for taking that top spot. Um, and then we go a couple of days later to New Amsterdam. You know, I was confident, although I'd all I'd heard from people was how much better everyone expected New Amsterdam to be. So I was interested. You know, they they kind of had turned into the Cosmos Two team. It seemed like <laughs> um, Cosmos Light. Yeah, because they 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 brought in three or four of the uh, former Cosmos players, um, and we came out in a different formation. At that time, I think we played a, a four three. What I have in my notes is a four three three for LA. I, I did not go back and watch to make sure that I'm I was I was right. This is based on me going back and looking at the um, simply looking at the starting lineup and try and making and figuring out. I didn't go back and watch. So so um, Matt or anybody else out there who who wants to correct me on on Twitter, you can certainly do so. 
So for the New Amsterdam, I've got three at the back. Uh, Kasich starting on the left wing with Russell Spielman and KO um, with Cutter Coleman on the right wing. Tate deepest with Juan and Ian kind of a little bit more forward. And then Hoff moving from the midfield up to a forward position and then and Bement uh, or being Brian um, being up top. So the three five two we've seen several times, and um, I think we had kind of mixed results in that. What what do you, you know? I remember it being kind of back and forth a little bit for the first part of the match. Um, it was clear that New Amsterdam was a little bit better. They were a little more organized. We it wasn't just one way traffic. Uh, and it wasn't until the 30th minute that uh, McGrath got uh, our first goal. So, what did you think about the beginning of that of that match? So, I'll, I'll give I'll give New Amsterdam a little more credit. I, I think they were substantially improved and more organized. I don't think the final I think the final score was flattering to to uh, DFC. Uh, I mean, 3-1, I didn't feel like the game was 3-1. If you'll remember, uh, we added the third goal late. It wasn't uh, 3-1. And, uh, it was 3-0. New Amsterdam was really pressing. 3-0, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> they they added that third like when they were pressing. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, and I can't think of that. Brett Jones, like he pushed through and finished off his chance the, the, way, the way you should in, in the dying moments of a game like that. But overall, I thought they were a lot more organized. They really were Cosmos light. Like you could look around that field, and from uh, keeper to you know Bardich, uh, uh, they had several players on the field. And and like I said, although they didn't amaze me, I thought it was a very competitive match. And I didn't think, like I said, I didn't think three zero was was uh, accurate uh, as to how competitive the match was. Yeah. So you go. So we end we end the group play after only playing two games with a plus six goal well, differential. Well, before we go too far, can, can, before we go too far, can can we talk about the Ian McGrath Galazzo? Uh, was that his second goal, or was that the first one? I believe it was. Yes, it was his second goal. So, is it, it was second. it the first one that really shouldn't goal. have counted? I <laughs> I think I know what you're talking. About. Basically, they fouled him. He fouled the keeper. I mean, he went up and kind of bumped the keeper off. The ball just let you know. I think dropped. Bement did. I think Bement. I think Bement fouled him, right? Yeah, and the ball just McGrath dropped, and then and McGrath just finished it. Was that the first goal? I thought that was the second uh, one. I think. I think so. Was well, this Golazo the first goal? Yes, I think. I believe so. I believe that that half volley where he took it and kind of. I yeah, guess it's a half volley. Caught that thing clean. It was a beaut. Yep. Yeah, that was you know that was a nice goal, and I, you know I heard people say, well, that was an even better goal than Woodfin's goal, and I, I don't know. I like team goals a lot. I like, and and not that Woodfin's goal is necessarily a team goal. It's really a, I mean, a two two guys really played a role in it. But, um, you know, I like that the the I believe it's Tate. I wish I I wish I can could wish I confirm this before I started yapping my mouth off but you know I, I i loved his play at the edge and the cross and the heel i still like that goal better but when you look at 
McGrath's goal from behind him. I mean, you can see the uh, the spin on that ball and the curve. Um, yeah, it's a it's a nice shot, and it's from like twenty eight yards or so something. So you and I we will, we will differ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was a, it was a it was a, it was a long goal, but you and I will differ on this. I, I like the uh, I like the wonder wonder strikes from from distance. The kind that just makes you stand up and just scream galazo in in your mode like uh uh heaviest south american accent even though you're an english speaker and that's what that yeah the, did for me the, uh, the, that, it was it was a great uh, i just loved it so the goals like that that i really or, like or 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 makes you or makes you st- or make you stand up and scream clayton f and adam <laughs> yeah right <laughs> right okay fair fair enough but fair fair enough um, the, the, the law, hey, your words, not mine. Uh, yes, your that, words, not mine. yes, that was, that were, that was my words. The, the, the goals <laughs> like that I really like are the ones that are still rising when it crosses the goal. Like when, you know, it's still going up and hits the, oh, yeah. hits the top of the net, you know, and the, that's, that's when, that's when, you know, you've, you've laced it and, um, yeah. So yeah, it was, a, it was a good goal. I don't, I don't dispute it. Um, it was a good goal. And one of the goals was very good. One of the goals probably shouldn't have counted. And then the last goal, like you said, was really a counter. They they were pressing. It was two nil. And I don't know if it was a through ball or if it was a, or if it was a turnover. But uh, Brett Jones kind of goes in on goal and, and finishes it in stoppage time, I believe, um, to kind of make that a, a three nil victory. And I was I have to admit I have to admit I was feeling probably overconfident, um, especially considering what happened on Sunday. You know, we had a, a six-goal advantage at the beginning of the tournament. A lot of people, including me and maybe you, I don't remember, were thinking that our group was the hardest or could be potentially the toughest. Um, and it turned out not to be at all. And, um, and uh, you know, looking back, there should have been some warning signs uh, in that New Amsterdam game that uh we were not creating a lot against New Amsterdam. We were playing that three five two and like you said, the score line really flattered us. And probably if you go back and watch, there's some there's some things that we should have been more concerned about. So what what what's your take now that we've we're done with the tournament? What's your take on that game? Uh I'll I'll be with you on that. I I, I agree. Walking out and of that game, and you're looking at a plus six goal diff, uh, and you know, like the odds are, you're going straight to the final. Uh, you know that that felt good, but I I think too, just like you said, it gave some looking in retrospect, gave us some a false sense of security because uh, I I agree there was I felt and I told you this I like I feel like we're outperforming our. <laughs> Our expected uh, yeah. goals, like our XG, it seems like we we're just polishing off every little half chance uh, because I, I didn't feel like there were a great number of chances being created. I just felt like we were polishing off everything that that presented itself. Uh, and I and I thought there were periods of the New Amsterdam game, especially like in the second half when they started pressing, that they you know seemed to kind of control the game a little. Bit, but I know we've done that in the past, and that's been what we wanted to do. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. All I knew is whoever we played in the final uh, was 
and and I kind of looked down the road at it was probably going to be you know kind of the Detroit City. I mean that's kind of what I just kept thinking it's going to be Detroit City and uh, and and I knew that kind of they weren't going to slip up and 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 give you a goal so in turn you couldn't slip up and gift them a goal and uh, I just I, overall I was just concerned about our organization yeah so we have some time off and you know we have nine days what what do you do you you know I've heard some people talk about that that played a role I don't really think it did I mean I you're talking about the difference between playing two games and three games I don't know that that's that much of a difference really Matt I, you know I understand you know I, I don't know you, you could play that third game and two players could get injured during that game and um, so playing that extra game is 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 really kind of 50 50 I think so what uh, do you put any stock into you know CFC had too much time no matter what no matter what you have to adjust you have to adjust your mentality, whether it's whether you got nine days, you have to adjust your mentality to that, or whether you got uh, four days, you have to adjust your mentality to that. Like to me, there's you just got to handle your situation appropriately. There's not a I don't think there's a good or a bad. It's it's good to have a long break if you got some injuries. It's bad to have a long break. Uh, just, you know, if, if you're going to get lackadaisical and lose focus, it's good. Uh, if you if you're on a roll and you know you won your last group game, you won the semi, and everything's firing on all cylinders. It's once again, it's bad for you if you got some injuries and you're right. needing to uh, have a quick turnaround. I mean, so there's pros and cons to each one. So it's all to me, it's all about adjusting mentality and and how to approach uh, whatever your situation is. Yeah, and I... uh, for for what it's worth, uh, Detroit hand uh, took the right mentality, whatever that was. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's you know the, one of their strengths is they are an incredibly disciplined and organized and professional team. I mean that they are not. You know, you and I have talked about this before. They don't give you anything, and I'm going to say they actually could have given us some stuff in this game. We'll talk about that. Um, they gave it to us. Maybe the ref didn't, but uh, they. There were mistakes made uh, in that game, and CFC, in some cases, weren't weren't allowed to 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 uh, punish, and other times didn't punish Detroit for it. Um, so let's just get into it. the The lineup for that match were you? I mean, I'll go over it. It was again the the three five two. Were you surprised at a three five two at all? No. Yeah. So it was. It was uh, Woodfin and Tate outside as wingbacks with Russell, Nick, and Kyo. The, again, the the three. Um, I think those are the were that those are the that's basically this pretty much the three fullback. Excuse me, three uh, center backs that played pretty much the whole tournament. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spillman played all the games. Kyo played uh, all the matches in the tournament, and then Russell came in. And uh, we'll talk about Russell, uh, I'm sure, a little bit later. And then that was that was the five at the back with I think Juan would be the deepest, and Ian and Hoff as kind of dual tens with Marcus and Bement up top. Um, any surprises that we went back to the five three two against Detroit? No, the the only thing, I mean, first of all, you, 
you have to see what Detroit, you know, they're going to be uh, very disciplined. Uh, it, they seem to handle it like anytime they're put under pressure, they seem to handle it really well. And to me, the, the key to their whole setup is Sadie. Like uh, that's their, yeah. for me, he's their key. If you watch how, if you watch how his movement is across like midfield, like he's, he almost has like a free role and he, he plays it very well. He relieves pressure. And to me, he's the one guy you got to shut down in their midfield. And I felt consistently throughout that game that, that we struggled to do that. Uh, I felt he had a huge impact on the game. Uh, and, and maybe that was having uh, five in the midfield. Like he thought that maybe we could get some more pressure. Uh, and I don't know, maybe he thought we would we press forward more than what. But whatever the situation, I, I thought Sadie really was the man of the match for them. Yeah, I, I would probably. Yeah, I think he had a good game. I think. As much as much as I think he frustrates me as a as a, a, a supporter of an, of their opponent, I think Maxi had Maxi Rodriguez had a really good game uh, for them playing right kind of right in front of their back line. Yeah, I think he played really well. Their back line played as as they kind of normally do, although I think they made some mistakes that w- that could have been punished. Um, but I you know I think I think you're right to point to a midfielder. I think that is that is where CFC lost this game in my opinion. Uh we could we did nothing in the midfield and and um and it really I don't remember. I do you remember that I think they were they in a they were in a 442 box, I believe. So um you know, we had we should have had at times a numerical advantage in in the midfield, but it sure didn't seem like it. Um, and, and it, it was just, it was rough. I think Juan had a really, really tough game. I think, you know, he came out and said that himself, he was subbed after 55 minutes. I think that's the coach realizing that he was having a tough game. We just had no presence in, in central midfield in that match. Um, they, uh, it it just, it just wasn't good. I, I, you know, we had seen Tate play well, there. I think they I think they had Maxi Rodriguez stepping up and and really being a defensive stalwart for them and then the next thing you know it's you know it's them pinging passes you know in the middle never really I mean I never really felt like they were going over top I mean I just no. felt like they were just coming right through us right and, they, yeah. and like any sort of every time we tried to like exert any pressure you know we'd give the ball up in bad location gave the ball up I thought easily and the next thing you know, it's being like spit right out to Sadie, and he's making a, a couple of moves and intricate passes. And the next thing you know, we're on our heels. And yeah. just, I feel like we were just always second to the ball in that game too. I, I, I don't know, but for me, he was the man of the match because of all the the movement he did, even off the ball, to make himself available to make those easy passes to find him. Uh, and that that that's why he was the key for me so the first bit the first bit again i'm watching this from the press box the the first time i was like wait a minute uh you y'all need to look at this again well i mean they can't look at it again it's not like we have var uh a cross come i can't remember a cross comes in i think i don't know if it's deflected but one of their guys goes up he's going up for a header and he goes up with his arms raised and to me to my eye I thought he hit that with it. He didn't hit that with his head. He hit that with his hand. 
And then he came down, lost his balance, and backed in and took out Woodfin. Now I understand that type of contact, you know, coming up, going up for a header, losing your balance, and then kind of b- bumping into someone. That's not going to get a penalty most times. That's, I mean, especially I thought the ball actually was went out of play, but the ball bounced towards the end line and they cleared it. The contact, you know, I was I was ticked about the contact that night. But the more I think about it, that type of contact is not normally given a penalty but the hand was no, no it's a foul it's a foul everywhere else on the field well, yes it's it is a foul the, yes the, it, you're right it would probably be called a foul other places but in the box you're not normally going to get that where somebody just kind of falls into someone it i mean normally you're not so but the handball i mean a hand it was a clear handball and this one the ref really should have seen i i uh you can watch it if you watch it on that. If a lot of people are like, well, you really can't tell. Well, you can tell the spin of the ball changes, the the speed the ball is falling to the ground changes. It's clear that it hits something, and I think it's pretty obvious that it's not his head. So, but that got, that that play gets kind of waved off. They clear it, and two minutes later, maybe three minutes, yep, they get a corner. And we just lose our mind. Um, it's a it's a deep corner. It's a deep. It's a corner to the far post, which I think everybody in the stadium was expecting, except for Ian McGrath. And um, <laughs> he, <laughs> so Ian is caught too far in. Like his, I, they're man marking, and a guy just kind of peels off to the far post and really gets a free header. I mean. McGrath is there, but he is backing up. Uh, well, to be, to be fair, to be fair, it's not it's not just if I remember correctly, it's not just any of their players. Was wasn't it their uh, their forward whose name I, I can't remember? Uh, he's been with them a long. Was it time. Matthews? And and he's yes, yeah. Yes, it was Matthews. Yeah. Uh, who peeled and and heads it. So it, it's it's a it's a great corner goes all the way across. Yeah, it's a nice and play. It's right on Matthew's head. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a nice play. It's what you do. You, and everybody you, and their brother knew where it was going. It goes deep. He puts it back in, into the mix, as they say. And so the first mistake is, you know, I McGrath, I don't even know if it's McGrath's guy. I have to go back and watch. But McGrath is the one who reacts. But he reacts late. He cannot. He cannot really leap and challenged because he is moving backwards to, to try to make up because um, Matthews, if it's Matthews, he makes some good space for himself and heads it back. And then in the, in the middle, like there, um, the guy who scored, it's uh, Lewis. Was it, was it Matt Lewis who scored? I don't remember his name. The, the former Cosmos guy. Um, he gets tied he, up. He was on, he- Hmm? He, was on, he was on the rug. He was on the rug. Yeah, when he that, gets tied when up with off of Matthew's head. He's on the rug. Yeah, he gets tied up with Kyo and goes down. And then Kyo just continues to kind of drift towards the goal line and leaves him basically inside inside the penalty spot with a volley, and he does not miss it. I mean, he. I mean, there, there's, there's, we had guys on the line and, um, and at least the, the yeah, tries to jump back in. I mean, he yes. brings a foot back in. Yep. He comes to close to blocking it. I mean, it almost goes. Yeah. He, he does. He comes, goes right between his legs. I think. Yeah. He, he comes, yeah, he comes close to blocking it, but 
Phil, even though Phil was reasonably positioned for that shot, uh, he caught that clean and Phil, uh, Phil didn't have a chance, um, from like 10 yard, maybe even, maybe even fewer than 10. Um, it was a really, really nice volley and, uh, it's one nil. And, you know, if there's one thing, I don't know if you and you and I talked about this, well, we didn't talk about this match beforehand, but there's one thing that you and I have talked about with Detroit. You cannot allow them to score first. You just can't. No, and absolutely not. That's 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 got to be like when you're looking at your your list of do's and don'ts. Like giving up a goal to Detroit in the first like 15 minutes yeah. has to be on the list of like don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, kind so, of on the it's kind of on the list against any team <laughs> to, to not give up an early goal. Yeah, but against them especially uh, because they live, you know, they live for they live for that one nil you know they you know they they're fine with that they are they are very comfortable with a 1-0 lead um as and i even think and I, you know i don't know if this is just the way i remember it and you know, i watched it three times but i don't you know somebody else will have to you know they really didn't sit back on a 1-0 lead they continued to go and i think that was a little bit of sign of respect for at least the fact that that you know cfc had put six balls in the net before uh, that we had shown an ability to score, and so they did not sit on that one nil goal, one nil lead. Like I think in some in, against um, against uh, whoever they played second, Stumptown. Yeah, they kind of did sit back, although they scored another goal. Um, uh-huh. So, so again, I you know I felt that was I felt you know looking back, I think that was a little sign of respect. Just to they were they were not going to just allow us to have the ball um with only a one with only a one goal advantage and then the bigger miss the the one that i have zero excuse for the one that i jumped out of my seat when i saw it um their center back it, it's a cross and he doesn't have to do it because i think steinwasher gets the ball if he doesn't do this but he literally throws his elbow out and yeah, the ball comes in and bounces off, up off the turf, and he gives it the old chicken wing right off his underarm, and then it it is it kills me because it's right in front of the Chattahooligans. It's right in front of the AR on that side, who's literally twenty yards. He's running toward the AR, and the ball immediately moves, and the the cross comes in. It immediately moves yep. in the opposite direction, so you know it hit the player. He's got his chicken wing out. It's obvious. Everybody in the stadium throws their hand up, including like every player in protest. And I'm sitting there like, and the AR does nothing. You know why? It was just, it, it was a really surreal moment. The, so people because are. Because he's a typical AR. That <laughs> well, there's. Job is to freaking call there's that. But, you know, I heard several people say, oh, the center ref was, was, um, the center ref was shielded, and so he didn't see it, so he didn't have the call. Well, he may have not had the call, but he made it. If you go back and watch, he taps his chest. He he looks at CFC players, and he taps his chest. He makes the call that that's not a handball, and I don't know how he did. I don't know how he makes that call. I mean, he is there. He is running toward. He is running towards the ball. He throws his elbow out. It is it is deliberate. It's intentional. It's a yellow card. Not it's not just a it's not just a penalty, and and I I don't I don't I just don't understand it. And 
you know, we can, people can say, oh, you're just making excuses and you should play, the team should play well enough that, you know, a missed call like that shouldn't count. Um, we'll, we'll talk about a missed call in the Cal United game that we, that we benefited from, um, that didn't, that didn't damn it, that didn't hurt Cal United in the end. But, you know, so all of that, I get it. Uh, but that it's a one nil game. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we, we say that Detroit doesn't make mistakes. They don't, they don't, they don't make mistakes. They don't gift goals. That was a gift. And, and, you know, they weren't punished for it. And, um, it's, it was really frustrating. It, 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 it's one that I'm going to be frustrated about. Does it change the ultimate, ultimate outcome of the game? I don't know. Maybe not. We did not play well. We probably didn't deserve to win that game, even with that. But that would have leveled it um, if we if we convert the penalty. That levels it. That probably gives up. I'll, I'll just lump it in there. I'll lump it in there with the uh, Allen Webb no call. <laughs> at Detroit, well, uh, yeah, but that wasn't the, a penalty. Once again, the, a, the, AR, the AR had the call. No, but it may not have been a penalty. But remember, up there, it wasn't even a foul. No, it wasn't. It was. It was a. It was a foul and a. It, it should have been a. Ye- it should have been a yellow. Yes, card. it was a foul and a yellow card. card. But it would have been a free it, kick. It, it would have been a free kick right, from like nineteen yards. So that's right. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I was mad. You know, I was mad about that call. But that that call is not. It wasn't as impactful, I think, as this one. As this one was because not five ten minutes later. They go down and a ball is played. Above. They chip the ball over to a, a player who's onside. Um, Sean Russell reacts late, and he goes over and he does not realize that there are actually two other CFC players on that side of the box. He has cover. The player takes a touch. I think it. I think is it Ruiz. I can't remember who it is. He takes a touch, and Sean goes. Sean does a Mustafi and um throws out his leg i don't think he actually makes contact with the detroit player i've watched it i've watched what's it what's my number one rule about playing defense in the box what's my number one rule don't go down don't go down don't leave yeah, your feet in the box yeah do stay it. on your there's feet like, there's there's unless unless you're unless you're on the goal line and defending like and especially when you're like okay they're almost out to the uh, outside of the box. Yeah. Right? You, right, am I mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, is. So it's a terrible angle. Far right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just jockey the guy to the end line. Right. I, mean, I just yeah. don't leave your feet. It's a. Yeah, it's a. It was a. He was at a terrible angle. Uh, there were two other CFC players close by. He so Sean had cover. The guy was facing away from goal, and and Sean goes down and. And I, I don't think, you know, I, at the time, I thought it was a stonewall penalty from where I was sitting. I completely understand why the ref gave it. But if you watch it, I don't think Sean touches him. I think he goes down. He starts to go down before Sean even sticks his leg out. But if you stick your leg out to an offensive player in the box, they are going to go down. And you're putting a – you're and that would have been a very tough no call for that ref. Um now, if he had any question about the handball, he may have done one of those. Well, I'm going to make it up here, but you know, clearly he didn't, and he didn't make it up, and it's two nil. And frankly, at that point, I thought, yeah, that's ball game. I mean, I you know, we we didn't really we had not created anything 
uh, up until that point. And so going into halftime at two nil, um, you know, I just, I pretty much felt like the, the match was over. I don't know how you felt. No, I, I did. I, I felt like it was over because not that Detroit was just having like a ton of, a ton of chances after that. It, it wasn't like that. It was that they were able to take the energy out of the game. Like every time that CFC would try to like mount any, you know, they would just basically take the ball away, play it out to Sadie, and off they were. They weren't really pressing to go fight for goal or anything. No, uh uh-uh. But it was just like every single little thing that that CFC came with was snuffed out with such ease. Yeah. That, and and the balls that were played in were right to Steinwasher. Uh, they they weren't played into dangerous positions, and he was between him and and uh, and Maxi. They were just picking the balls up right and left that were coming in. And so I I never really felt like we were threatening um, uh, Detroit at all. So so no, I, I never felt like I thought you know if we sneak a goal somehow maybe we can make something of it. But until that was going to happen, I, I didn't feel like we had anything for them. So we we change, you know. I, I think I don't. You, you had you had asked me if yeah, we changed we before half. I didn't. I didn't notice that um, if we had changed actually formations before the half ended. But we certainly changed after. And I know Juan went off. I don't have the I don't have the substitutions in front of me. But uh, I know that we we, we changed to I think a. We brought in uh, Brett Jones, didn't we? I don't remember. But there, there was a change. Um, <clears throat> when I look, when I went back and did possession, it was about, um, it was about like fifty three forty seven something like that in the first half. The second half was about sixty five percent CFC, and and that is, you know, that's kind of where I was like, wait a minute, you know, Detroit played the first half, but once they got to two, that's when they sat back and let us have the ball. And to be honest, but let me ask you this: it was it was sixty five percent possession. But how easy was Detroit dealing with what we were throwing at them? For the most part, pretty easy. Now we did create two big chances that you know on a normal night you think you're going to finish one of them, and uh, there was a there was a, a a cross into the box that I believe McGrath volleyed just over the bar. Um, Steinwasher would have had nothing to say about it if that was on frame. Um, it was a tough chance. It was a, a volley that was probably waist high. I don't know if you remember this, um, but so it was. It was. It wasn't. It was. A, it was tough. It would have been a nice finish, but he 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 just he laces it right over the bar, and then there's a corner where they they leave somebody wide open at the uh, and. And he uh, takes the shot. He would he beats the keeper, but they had a guy on the line and he clears it. And you know, so we had two really good opportunities in the second half to to put a goal in. And but that's probably about all we had. We had a couple other like half chances. I think we got impatient. I think I know for a fact that the players allowed the ref to impact how they played and. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this. Oh, for sure, for sure. If you saw this, there was a handball that was called on CFC about at midfield. And Juan goes up to the ref and just lays into him and starts throwing out the chicken wing. So what he's saying 
is you're calling these handballs and you miss the penalty. And he and this is this is thirty minutes later, right? Thirty minutes right. of the match has right. gone by, and Juan right. is yelling at the ref about that about that call. That means that that has been in his head the whole time. And I totally get it. The players got really frustrated. The fans got really frustrated. They started yelling about every call, whether no matter how right the call was, um, the fans were were on, and the and the players were on. And of course, um, coach got a, a yellow at some point. I can't remember when it was late late in the second half, like the sixty eighth, seventieth minute. So there was immense amounts of frustration on the field, and it impacted our yeah. ability to play. And you know. I don't think I'm saying anything that the players wouldn't say themselves. You know, I think that can't, I think they know that can't happen. You know, you, you can't allow, you can't allow the opposing team and the, and the refs to, to, to kind of get under your skin that way. Um, and, and Detroit will do that with their, the, just how, how organized they are. Um, they, they make you work and, for whatever reason, you know, it just, it just, it wasn't going to happen that, that night. And, uh, I don't think it's as – I don't think – I was a little surprised when I completed my um, my XG chart because we actually had like 1.4, 1.5 XG. And without the penalty, Detroit had like 0.6. So it wasn't that Detroit created a whole lot. It was that they got an opportunity as on a defensive mistake. They put it away. They got a favorable penalty call. They put that away. And then in stoppage time – you know they they get a they get a uh, um a free kick i don't know what 20 yards out 22 yards out maybe and yeah. and yeah, i just the, the walls just the i walls just, just don't understand what's going on there um with that wall yeah i, I didn't either and and neither did the 10 year old sitting with uh, <laughs> who pointed out that the wall is not, not far enough over yeah i mean so listen I, I don't, yeah i don't know what he makes that. good contact he, he, you know what the guy the he, the, the guy placed yes he placed the shot, and, that, and it's as simple as that. Right, so but but so. it never it his shot never goes outside the post. Matter of fact, it never goes anywhere close no. to the post. And and three O's and three O's flattering to to Detroit in this scenario. But I'll say this: uh, I never felt like CFC was in the game uh, and was really. I, I don't feel like Detroit ever worried that the game was in doubt. From the time they went up 1-0 to the end of the game, Detroit played like never played like the, the result was in doubt. And uh, and I think there there's a definitely a, a mental component to that. That after that first goal went in, I mean, I even I never saw the the body posture or uh, change for CFC. Like I, they felt, I felt like they went down after that first goal and and they never recovered. Well, I, well, um, maybe I think it was, I think it was, I think it was a combination of the, of a penalty not given on one end and a penalty given shortly thereafter. That was it. They, they were done mentally at, at that point. Um, uh, they, they were, I think they were done mentally and, and it's, it's just rough because you can't, that's just, you know, and, and maybe, maybe I'm being too hard on them. Maybe coach would say, you don't know what you're talking about. They were fine. I'm just saying, based on what I saw on the field and their reactions to every little foul, every every little push, um, every little stoppage of play, it just looked like a team that had lost their head a little bit. And 
Yeah. Um, and it was it was it was, it was disappointing to see. Uh, and you know, I don't I don't know if they expected more. Um, because of the first two results and and um, you know, you're I don't think they're ever going to take Detroit well, lightly. I'm not going to lie, I certainly did. I certainly did. I expected more against Detroit after the first two results. Yeah. No matter you know, going back and and, and looking, no, going back and looking and being like, okay, maybe there were some cracks in it, in and you know what we were looking at, and yeah, maybe this that. But I still expected more, and I still expected them to come out like with. You know, uh, I expected it to be a, a, a close game and, and as usual, as most of those games are. Uh, but I just, yeah, I, I don't know, just it didn't it didn't come out that way. You know, the good the good news in, in all of this, I guess, is that because Detroit won the uh, the fall tournament, you know, they had already qualified. So just by making the final that qualifies CFC for the for the the end of the season playoff, which is okay. I mean, I I'm kind of bitter about it. Um, and I, I'd rather, sure. I'd rather earn it, uh, you know, earn it than than kind of kind of default into it. But we still had the season to look look forward to, and so that that kicked off last night. I before the before the the season started, I think I don't know if we if I said this when we during while we were recording or not. I said that you know the. I would have picked maybe the top three or four teams after the tournament to be, you know, Detroit, Cal, CFC, and then maybe a fourth team that could be Stumptown even. It could have been uh, the Stars on, on their day would be maybe that, that fourth team uh, that would kind of fight for the, the regular season kind of tournament or the regular season title. And Detroit goes out and gets a, a you know, kind of a, a – Gutsy one nil win against against uh, the Bobcats. They again they score off a set piece in like the ninety third minute or something. Um, that's you know unfortunate for Maryland. They really played well. Their keeper kept them in the game, um, and just Detroit had there's there was just too much pressure near the end. And uh, who else played yesterday? Oh, um, the uh, Stars played somebody. <laughs> And one one nil. I can't remember who it was. Was it New Amsterdam? Um, I don't I, remember either. Yeah, so they won one nil. Uh, and then the night the night game, at least on the East Coast, the night game was uh, was Cal United hosting uh, CFC, and um, the first half was as miserable as the, in my opinion, the first half was as miserable as the first half against Detroit. We came out in a different formation. We got Kosick back. When I saw Tate on the sheet, I was like, "Oh, great! Tate's going to be in the at the six. But then I realized, no, we don't really have another fullback. So Tate's playing fullback. We got Dixon back. So um, Dixon and Kosick back. Woo-hoo. What made me feel good? Uh, we had again had the same midfield with Juan Hoff and Ian, and then three up top were uh, Woodfin and Bement as the wingers, I believe, with Marcus playing up top i think i have that right but again uh, i'm only doing that based on the starting lineup and i did not go back and watch um so i could be wrong there but uh so back to the four three three. um what did you think of the first half well remind <laughs> me again what minute we gave the goal up in just i'm, I'm just curious it was early wasn't it it was uh i don't remember uh, i'll talk about it and i will get it for you in a second well, I guess I guess my point is, and and congrats if you if you didn't hear the guy that scored was eight years old. In case you didn't get it five hundred times on the 
on the uh, uh, broadcast. How old was he? If, is that isn't that correct? And he, I think he's yeah. <laughs> eighteen. So anyway, it, but it, it so it's kind of started out the same pattern again. If you look at the the early goals, tends to be a is starting to be a real problem. Uh, going back to the LA game and the first uh, uh, first game in the NISA tournament, uh, the uh, in the Detroit game, and now this is for a third time in four games, giving up a goal early. And that game proved, I mean, that goal proved to be the winner. And, you know, the first half of the game, I, I was like, well, thank God there's a second half uh, because we need to get there as soon as possible and make some halftime adjustments. Uh, but it, it, to me, we looked like this disjointed uh, was the word I was looking for. I felt like they passed fairly easily through the midfield. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's, I, I felt kind of like you did. I just kind of felt like this is just continuation. So there was a there was a half decent chance um, in the 18th minute where I think Tate plays Bement in and and who kind of backheels it, but it was just kind of rolled to the keeper. I think there was another, uh, and I don't know when. I don't know when this happened. Um, but it was there was a play where Bement got the ball, chipped the keeper, and the ref called something. Did you? Uh, you know, again, so I was in. I was at uh, CBC. Well, the only thing I read, I, I yeah, and, and I can go back because we all know like the situation that I'm watching the game in, uh, and and I think that was during one of the periods I was cut out. But from what I went back and read, they had called a foul prior to that. Yeah, and and, I, and on the replay, I didn't. I never saw one. I never saw a foul on the re. I don't know what they called on the replay. I I wish I'd like to see that again. Because uh, I, you know, he's not offside. Uh, I don't think he fouls the player. I remember in real time there there seemed to be that Bement and maybe one of their center backs made contact with one another. Uh, and maybe that's what it. Maybe that's what they called. I don't know. But he chips it in. Um, but the whistle was a quick whistle too. So, you, you know, I don't know. I don't think the, the keeper really didn't try for it, but I don't think he would have saved it anyway. So that was, you know, we're not really sure. Um, and I believe, I can't remember if that, that was before a couple of minutes before their goal where, um, you know, their player gets free really at like, um, oh, well, I'm going to say, I, you know, maybe this is harsh and I don't, I don't know a lot about, about uh, goalkeeping coaching, but he takes the ball down, turns, and um, beats uh, D'Amico to the near post. And I know it's a hard shot; it's low. Um, you know, Phil's a big guy; he's got to you know he's got to get down quickly. But I, I don't. I think I think Phil is probably going to look at that and say. Yeah, that's not that wasn't a great effort on on my part. I don't. Did you? What did you think about the goal? Uh, you're kind of spot on. I mean, it, yeah, it was it was hit hard. And, uh, once again, my my grainy uh, picture. <laughs> I mean, that's about all I could glean from it too. So, well, the one thing it, I'll say, you know, and that's fine. It, it's oh, the, I was gonna say the the one thing I'll say is there are players in between, so he could have been unsighted. I mean, he may have not seen the ball till late. So right. I. You know, you don't, you never know because they don't, they didn't, they don't have an angle behind the goal. Um, 
I just know that getting beat near post like that is not something keepers really like to have happen. So at the same time, I saw it just, uh, I saw it yesterday in, in a, uh, I think it was a German cup game. So, uh, Phil's in good company. Yeah. Uh, the, right. The other disconcerting thing was the fact that it was almost two to nothing, uh, you know, through a, uh, a Darwin Lom offside call, you know, he, uh, the ball actually, I mean, I watched it. It was the guy puts in a great cross on the back post. Uh, Darwin floats to the back post, just kind of uh, loses. I think it's Spielman. I think he loses Spielman, uh, drifts behind him, and then uh, Spielman just can't recover. And, uh, and Darwin's just in that right spot between the keeper and the defender and uh, puts it right in. And, uh, you know, basically they called him offside, but I mean, he was on. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, so, he was. Uh, lo- luckily, luckily, we uh, we were on the right side of a bad call on yeah. that one. So yeah, he was he was clearly on side. I don't I don't even think it was very close. That was a really bad call by the AR. Um, you know, hey, these things even out, right? That's what that's I what that's what we're all told. Where, where, they're, where they're shifting. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where shifting where you know the line was coming up and Darwin was going back and the ball got played and so and so like, by the time time the the ball you know the the ref never sees the ball leave the foot so i think by the time he sees it he looks like he's three yards off but but you know it's but when we know darwin's got the ability to to that's that's part of his strength he's moving he makes like smart intelligent movements off the ball and and that was an example of one but you know i, I think you know you got to track a guy like that like we know him we know how he moves so like you know for him to Get get in that kind of position. We're lucky not to be down two. Uh, my my greater concern is, um, you know, Dixon going off off the field injured, uh, and I think that was late in the first half. Uh, you know, he, he comes back on the field, and you're just like, all right, here we go. We're we're gonna he's gonna start getting a good run out here, and we're gonna start getting some continuity across that back line. We know the leadership that he brings off the field, and you know. And I believe it was maybe in the, it was just before half. Yes, yeah, forty forty second minute. Off at first, just to yeah, I thought he was just coming off at first, just to you know let them have a little look at it. But then you see the the orange penny come out, and you know, and it was over. And uh, we, I really hope it's not anything serious. Maybe it's just a little tweak. And uh, man, we we just gotta have the guy get healed up, and uh, we know how what a what kind of an impactful player he would be. He is when he's healthy. It's just he he's got to get healthy. And you know if if we need to, and maybe we're just in a bad position where it was like, well, we gotta have him out there because you know, we don't know the injury situation of the entire squad. And maybe it was just like, we gotta have him out there. Can you go? And maybe he thought I can go and. Maybe it just didn't work out. So uh, we we hope we wish nothing but the best for him, and I hope he gets the feeling you know he he recovers quickly. Yeah, that's what I wonder. I wonder if we, I I don't I don't mean to say that we we sped him back against you know the against medical advice or anything like that, but I wonder if if he really needed a a little more time. Uh, he didn't play at all. I don't believe in the tournament, um, and so. I don't think he did. Do you remember? I don't. I don't have him. He didn't start. I know. Um, so I don't. I don't think he played. No, he didn't. He didn't play the entire time. Yeah. So you, you kind of wonder if they're like, oh, we need, you know, we need that leadership 
in the back line. I like I said when I saw him and Tate back in the rotation, I mean in the starting lineup, I, I was pleased by that. I was like, yeah, we we did we really need those two players on the field, and um, you know, so I don't know, I I, I don't know the injury situation. I won't question. So I don't want to second sound like I'm second guessing, um, but it, you you wonder when a player has been out for a little while, injured, and then immediately gets injured again. The first thing you think of is, oh, did he need a couple more days? Um, hey, and it so. could be well, and, you know, and, and we can't rule it. This could be a completely new. Sure. Injury. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, we, we don't know. We don't know. Right. We don't know. Yeah. So this could be something completely different. I mean, the guy. He can't he can't be completely match fit because he's been inactive for 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 so long. So it could have been some some other tweak of groin or, or whatever. Who knows? Uh, so I mean, we get into the second half, and, and did you think anything really changed in in the second half? I mean, I know we had a couple of sniffs, but did you really? Could you tell there had been some uh, significant changes uh, from like halftime or? Well, we brought in we we subbed. You know, we subbed. So Cam, you know, Cam. Moved to the right side. Who, see, so who came in? We had, I guess, um, Brian went out and Brett Jones, Jones came in. And so Brett moved to the, excuse me, Cam moved to the right. Brett was in the left. And then, you know, Marcus was up, up top. So we, we, we changed. And, and I got to say, and I got to say, Brett, Brett's brought in some, in, he's brought some energy the past like few times he's came and subbed in. He brought some positive energy. So, I mean, I would look for him to start getting some more minutes. And maybe it's just a question of him getting match fit. I, I don't know. But I would guarantee when we go into this next little few games uh, after stars, uh, especially into the friendlies, I bet he's getting, I bet he's getting a start to see what he looks like out there. Yeah, I, I like, I like him. I like the look of him. You know, he's got, he's got some energy to him. Uh, and yeah, so I, I do, I do like him. And I agree. I, I, I bet he gets a, a couple more minutes, especially if we continue to have trouble, um, scoring. <laughs> uh, so I don't, I, you know, I'm looking through, you know, there was a, I think the, the closest we came maybe was a Marcus free kick. That was yeah. I think I had a sniff there, maybe in the somewhere in the middle of the second half. It was a nice yeah. save by the keeper down low to his left, I believe, if I remember correctly. There were a couple other little quarter chances where we got into good spaces. I don't know that we ever really threatened outside of that free kick. Um, Phil had a good save late to keep it from going two nil down, but. Yeah, I I didn't really see a whole lot in the second half either. I mean, I, in some ways, you know, I I'm not going to go back and well, I cuz I didn't I didn't record this and I don't know if I can I don't know if I there's a recording available that I could get off the web. Um in some ways, I feel this is a little this is as bad if not a little worse than the Detroit match in how we played. When I left, you know, when I left the Detroit game, <laughs> So, you know, so I'm up by myself, but normally after the game, I will go and, and, you know, find Dave or find Jeremy or somebody around and, and talk a little bit. Um, I just literally walked to the, packed up my stuff, walked to the um, elevator and just walked to my car. I don't think I said or saw another person on the way out. I, I was on, in, on the drive home. I started thinking, when is the last time I've, I had seen CFC play that poorly? And it was hard. Like there, there, there was a, a Georgia Revs game in like 17 or 18 where, where what's his name? The guy who always scored against us got a hat trick and yeah. Oakley. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, and, and we played, I don't know. We, I mean, we played absolutely terrible. I was just, that, that's the game. And then I I think you got to go back to like, Hey, Oakley, Oakley probably just turned 19 years old and he's still playing for the Reds. (laughs) So I don't know. I, it, it, you had, you have to go back several years really to find a time when we really played that poorly, but that's how I felt when I left, I rewatched it. And, you know, I felt like, again, we, we created a couple things in the second half. We had some calls go against us. There is a universe where, where we, where we make that match competitive. I, I think it's fair to say that Detroit probably deserved to win the game, certainly on, on the events of the night, but uh, there were things that happened that could have turned that game around. I, I just don't see a whole lot in this. I mean, we just did not look good. And I've heard other people say, no, we actually, we played better in this game than we did against Detroit. And maybe I would feel that way if I watched it again with my little notepad, just me kind of, you know, watching what I look for when I'm, when I'm rewatching a game. I didn't get that sense in when I was sitting in CBC and and watching it live. Um, It was really frustrating. I, I, I expected the guys to come out and respond um, you know, similar to what happened last fall when we really had a disappointing performance against the Stars and then came back right in the next game and probably played one of the better games we've played in the last right. several years uh, against yep. Detroit yep. at Detroit. I expected that kind and of – I think that's the thing is you and I both – yeah, you and I both expected that, I think, for yeah. us to come out and answer the bell and be like this is and, – and honestly make like a statement game. Yep. Um, yeah. and that I think because we didn't see that, uh, uh, that I, I think it, it kind of registers even a little lower, maybe on the scale yeah. than what it actually is. Um, yeah, maybe so, and, you know, maybe there was jet lag. Maybe there was, I mean, we, we, once again, we have to like kind of frame this up correctly. Okay. This is a, a team that's flying from Chattanooga to LA, uh, and, they're landing on a Saturday, playing on a Sunday. These are not like seasoned uh, professionals that make East Coast West Coast trips like on on the weekly. All right, so right, but I you know I don't want to again. I I think I'll leave it at this. It was an away game at one of the teams I thought would be battling to win the season. So anytime you play a top team away, you know it's going to be tough. And we could, you know, well, you know, then then the answer the answer to that is to get gritty. Yeah, understand the situation and get gritty and grind out a zero zero or right. find a way to get find that a way to goal. get a goal. Like, because mm-hmm. when you're on the road in Cal, like at least get gritty with it and yeah. and like don't let some eighteen year old dance around the midfield like he's the <laughs> second coming. So. That leaves us with no points, a negative one goal differential. We're down there at the bottom of the table uh, after one game. We go again this Saturday at home against the Stars. I I, th- I think we, you know, I, even though we don't, this season doesn't mean, quote unquote, a whole lot, you know the players, after losing two in a row, you know they're going to be biting at the bit to come out and, and, and especially at home and show that the last two weeks are not who we are. And I'm looking forward to watching them do just that. I, I think they're going to do that. Uh, I think allow me some pushback. Hmm? Allow me some pushback about this. Like, does it mean, allow me some pushback on it. It doesn't mean, okay. I understand we're already getting a spot in the semi, but 
if you roll into that semi cold and playing like trash and, and you're not going to do anything in that semi like so to me like it's all about like developing this standard of, of professionalism that you go out every single day in practice and you roll out every single game and you approach it with the same way. We all go out there to win the game. You don't you play to win the game. No, but seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I know. So, but, but seriously, though, it's me. They're, they're all of equal importance and they all bear, you know, bear uh, weight to them, whether we're you know, going out to Cal and we need to grind out a, a, a draw to get a point uh, and we need know it's going to be tough or whether it's in the coming weeks and we go up to um uh was it north alabama or we're playing the, our old foe the georgia revs i mean there's a there's something to be had out of that game and whether it's you know uh some of our new signings our kids getting off the bench you know whether it's rika or um or uh, angel or uh, or anybody getting a sniff of the field i mean everybody's got a a, a role to play and and to improve and to, and to carry a sense of professionalism that that is CFC and that's what I don't want to get lost in all this is like we are the upper crust of what we do and that standard needs to be uh, needs to be there every single time we go out. Sure. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they don't mean anything. Just the the announcers. I don't know if you you heard them. They they commented several times. Well, Chattanooga doesn't have a whole lot to play for because they've already qualified. And I'm like, no, that's that's not how this works. Um, you know that that's and I, I I think Fuller would would really bite back at that. I think the players would bite back. First of all, they're all oh, playing yeah. they're all playing for a job. I mean, you know, they can't they can't take it off. Yes. So, um, you know, they're they're playing to keep a job. So it means a lot. It, it and I'll tell you when I you know leaving Chattanooga Brew, you know Chattanooga Brewing, it 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 didn't feel good. I wasn't like, well, we don't, it doesn't really matter. We lost to Cal because we're still in the. No, that's not what I was thinking um, at all. So we go again May eighth, seven thirty. Get your tickets. We need a big crowd there. We we've had decent crowds the last two games. Uh, for uh, the yeah, championship the end, yeah, the crowd's been good. Uh, let's I hope hopefully the weather will be nice and um, we'll go out and hey, things that aren't good. Can we talk about things that aren't good at eight p.m. start on a Sunday? Not not cool. <laughs> well, it was it was a seven o'clock start, right? No, it was eight. Believe me, the guy that gets oh yeah, it was eight. Yeah, it was eight. It's yeah. eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, Pacific. You got Pacific. Uh, Mountain Central Eastern. So yeah, don't. I didn't know there was going to be math tonight. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what the Alabama pops out. Then it's <laughs> right, right. You can take the boy out of Alabama, but you can't take the Alabama out of the central boy. Central time zone. That's yeah. right. That's central time zone stage. So, so we got Michigan. <laughs> then we go the next week. We got two friendlies that week. Uh, Saturday the fifteenth at uh, in Huntsville, and then Wednesday the nineteenth down in McDonough, Georgia, against our friends the Georgia Revs. And then we have 10 days off and we come back and we invite Evan back, our friend Evan, back to Finley Stadium where we play the Bobcats. Hey. Then we play Bobs. Then we play New Amsterdam on the 5th. And then we go on the Force 1904 out in California, Stumptown. Anyway, and then we end, end with uh, Detroit. That's the last game before the semifinal um, in uh, Keyworth. So yeah, we've got we've got more to play Can for. Can Maryland do something with the uh, Bobcat video? What I mean? Could they do I mean, something? I need with... Maryland to do something with. 
You mean yeah, where that the, uh, where that guy bobcat. where that guy the yeah, yeats the, the bobcat? The bobcat. <laughs> well, oh I, um, Detroit did something I with it. Like ten times. <laughs> yeah. Detroit I did something with the video. Um, I thought was was funny. Uh, so, um, yeah. So uh, let's maybe let's uh, ho- let's yeah, hope. Never mind that. Ne- never mind the fact that the the bobcat like mauled the poor lady's backside before. Before that, yeah. Well, <laughs> that guy throws him a good fifteen yeah. feet. <laughs> All right, so that that's the it's season. A bobcat. Yep, that's the season. So hey, let's let's move on to yeah. we we've been talking for uh, I don't know a little over an hour now. So um, we got some announcements. We can go through them. We can go through them kind of quickly. I, I went out of order. We've already talked about Cal. I apologize. Um, That's okay. During the tournament, we got an announcement uh, of a – it is not an away kit. I think everybody needs to be aware. We do not have home and secondary. away kits. We have primary and secondary kits. Get the language correct. Anyway, so our secondary kit, the main sponsor for the secondary kit – is um another professional team hmm so i remember when i first heard the possibility of this the purist in me um balked a little bit did you have and now now that i've seen it it's a white kit you know how i feel about white kits um it's okay how uh that now the actual partnership sounds exciting, but the kit, eh, you know, could we have put them on the sleeve or somewhere else? I don't know, but I don't know. Do you have any, you have any feelings one way or the other? Or you just don't care. Yeah, I got some feelings. I got some feelings about it. Look, if I'm, if I'm Wolfsburg and I'm paying to be the primary sponsor, <laughs> I don't care if it's of another club or wherever. If I say, put it on the front of the shirt, you put it on the front of the shirt. That's sleeve. true. Who's gonna pay price? You know, who's gonna pay sponsorship money for a sleeve? I know, I, I mean, understand. That's where we put things like the MPSL crest. Right. Uh, listen so, again. I'm just anyway, going back. No, just, I just the. I, I never, I never balked at it because yeah. I always understood that it was about more than the money. It was, it was one of those things akin to Real Betis saying, like, "Hey, we recognize what you're doing here," and you know. We're kind of with you in this struggle, and this is a lot deeper because. And I understand somebody from outside that just be like, "Oh, Chattanooga guy, Wolfsburg, it's another team." You know, spot how stupid. Well, then clearly, I understand like they don't understand the relationship that's been developed like over the past decade. I yeah. understand that. So, I guess knowing those things, it never fazed me at all that it was yeah. on there because to me there was so much deeper to it uh, than just like. We're, we were looking for some – I mean, I don't believe Wolfsburg was just looking for some American soccer team to sponsor. Right. I don't believe that in the least. Yeah. It was CFC. It was CFC for a reason, and that brought us uh, to where we are. And, of course, the rollout was tremendous. The three-part uh, series uh, on uh, – to – reveal itself uh, uh, as Wolfsburg being sponsored. It was, it was well done, uh, especially that third one. Like as a CFC supporter, if you sat there and you watched that, that third part of the, uh, the rollout and you didn't shed a tear, 
<laughs> when you know it was talking about bringing back the women's team and it was talking about the history and the tradition then i got nothing for you right um because yeah. that that just really gave me i had all the feels watching that third one yeah um, it was good so it, i'm excited to yeah. see yeah and and we can hit the highlights of what all this partnership includes obviously the big ones bringing the women's team back and the role that apparently Wolfsburg is going to have uh, in, in doing that. I mean, and then we can, obviously there's, there's money involved or else the, probably the name wouldn't be on the front of the Jersey. The Jersey looks great for a white kit. White kits are white kits. If you can make one look good, you've done well. And I think they've done that. So mm-hmm. um, what, what about the, what do you like most about the uh, relationship? Well, I mean, I, 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 what I'm, well, what I'm really looking forward to is more specifics coming out, you know, in, in really getting an understanding about what the relationship really is going to mean for the women's team and what, you know, where that, where that can take the women's team. Uh, you know, we, I think we've, we've talked before that, you know, there, there are options, there are amateur options, there are new professional options that are, that are coming around with the whistle and with um and you know frankly with uslw you know you've you i don't i don't think it's i mean i i would um i would shudder a little bit but i know that you know that 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 is that may be an option out there and and who knows i i'll never say never i will um i'll have some thoughts about it but uh so yeah it's so i think you know for me it's going to be the, the devils and the details, how are, what are we going to be doing? How, you know, what league are we going to be playing in? That's what I'm, I mean, I'm very excited that they've come out and said that it's going to happen, but they've said that before, you know, I mean, to be, you know, just to, I know there's some supporters out there who are like, yeah, we've, we've been here before. Let's hear, let's hear a, a coach and a, and a GM. And, um, and I think they talked a little bit, I can't remember if they talked a little bit about that or not, like some of the structure, um, so I, I'm looking forward to, and I know they're working on it. I know they I know that they've, um, as a matter of fact, you know, I was talking to Jeremy and, 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 um, I think at one of the, at one of the matches and he's like, I gotta go. We've, you know, we've got a call. And so I, I know they're working, they're working, uh, um, a lot on the Wolfsburg deal. I, so what I'm most excited about is learning a little bit more of the specifics and how the, how the two clubs are really working together. Um, is this, is this, something you know we've seen these partnerships in the past with other like german teams and other european teams and and american teams but this feels a little bit different part of it is that they're a shirt sponsor but even even beyond that it feels like there may be a little bit more to it so i'm just excited to hear you know where this is going to take us i mean i've heard i've heard some vagaries of other details uh, you know and that that sort of thing but to be honest, like some of the things that that have happened in the past are just I don't want to say hollow. I mean, they sounded hollow from the beginning. And like when they say things like, you know, we're a joint venture and how we can, you know, share uh, marketing information. It's like that's never going to be anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I really think this is uh, at least it comes off like in the beginning, much more deep seated, much more rooted. And, and let's and I don't think. I would be, it would be hard pressed for me to think that Wolfsburg, once again, would be doing this with any other club in the U.S. Right. Yes. I don't think they yeah. were necessarily looking for one. And even if they were, 
why why do this at all if you're not going to do something with it? Sure. Well, they talked about three things. We, we've we've re- we've already talked about two of them. The jersey sponsorship that's real money. I mean, it's real professional, real professional sponsorship money. It's not just hey, put our put our name on your shirt. The launch of a women's team in 22. Again, I, I'm that 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 phrase is doing a lot of work. I'd like to hear more about that, but I'm excited about it. And then a deeper focus on development across all levels of the game, with a focus on coaching education and player opportunities. So that's intriguing. And we've already seen. I have no okay, idea. Part, to me, part three has the the most like. Uh... I don't know, needs the most details filled in to me. But if you notice, you know, recently we've had some fairly big, at least they're big in the local soccer world, some big coaching announcements. Like, you know, with one one pretty big name coach in the area coming back from East Ridge, which, you know, I think is, uh, was when I saw, when I saw who it was, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's good to get him back in blue. Um, and I don't know if this, I don't know if this, um, if this partnership with Wolfsburg has anything to do with getting some of those getting, cause we've got, we've had some like three or four Academy coaches be named this week that are, that have some good pedigree. So, yep. um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited yep. about see, seeing I where saw that we had go. one coming. Well, like you said, one, one came back across the, uh, across the state line, which was good to see. Well, not the, the state line. They uh, came back across twenty four. G soccer academy. <laughs> oh, Kalanji, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I thought you were talking about our 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 friend, our former Red Wolves friend. But no, yeah, the Kalanji soccer academy. I forgot about I was. him. Yeah. So anyway, you were. You might as well be across the state line. <laughs> Close. So I so that that's really. I don't know if I have we have anything to say more. Again, I, I'm I'm excited to hear more about that partnership. Um. So anything else you, what you else want? we got? Well, so I, I do want to to and I don't know if you saw this. Um Owen lost his mom recently. So yeah, so he is out yeah. he is out um, and so you know we just want to say if uh, Owen if you're listening to this that we're you know we're with you and hope you have safe travels uh back to Chattanooga. I think her um her services are on the 10th. Um, I believe. And so our thoughts are with you. Um, and what else do we have? Um, oh, um, I, I've, I've tweeted this out and you and I have talked about it. I've talked to the organization. So we're going to be doing a pride raiser campaign for the LGBT student organization at the university of Tennessee at Chattanooga. I may have a connection there. Um, and so you'll find out more about that as we go into June. I hope to have the campaign up so that people can make um, donations and pledges, hopefully by the end of this week or early next week. So give you a couple of weeks before the, the June matches. Um, and so whatever you pledge it will be a per goal um, kind of pledge for CFC goals during the month of June. So we'll, we'll talk more about that as we get closer. Do you have anything, Todd? That- and just as a as a friend, as a friendly reminder for for those who may be listening from from outside our immediate area, I know we have people that occasionally. Uh, but just a reminder: Pride Razor was was born uh, in Chattanooga, and uh, by a uh, a very prominent Chattahooligan. Uh, thank you, Galen. 
for, for that uh, gift that uh, that's given not just to our local community, but has been actually been felt worldwide. So yeah, now he uh, would he would not take ups to him, so he would not take a, all the credit for it. No, you know, there he, were there were Detroit supporters. No, no, and, and there were other people. Yep. Yeah. So, but he is. Uh, but, it's, it, but it was one of the one of the big things that was born here, and and that's very much Galen not to take like full full credit for for things. And and, and I tell you when, and that was one of the things too. When, when I was watching that third promo for the uh, jersey rollout, and uh, I saw you know some of the uh, images of of him on the uh, capo stand, it really brought back some memories. And, uh, I just want to, and 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 I've I've told him uh, before, like you know. He a lot of he was an institution on on that stand and and what he's done for uh, the club and for the city uh, is not gone unnoticed and 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 he and he's missed and, and but we're happy and and we're very thankful for everything that that he poured into the club. Yeah, I hope I hope he um I hope he finds a home at CFC at some point in the future. I think the club has some work to do. I think we all have some work to do. Um. But, uh, you know, I, I, I miss him on the capo stand. I told him, so I thought he had go, I thought, I thought he, I saw him at a match. And so I, I, I said, Hey, I saw you. And he's like, dude, I wasn't there. And I was like, but I saw, I saw a picture of someone with, um, cause he's making some, um, some masks that have he's like pup, some like puppet face. Masks, and, masks. and I, so I don't know, it may have been breezy that I saw. And and if you know the both of them, I'm like, how can I confuse like Breezy's significantly taller? But anyway, um, you know, so I was like, oh, I saw you. And he's like, speaking, his shorts are longer. <laughs> yeah, right. I was like, I saw you there, and he's like, I wasn't there. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna just pretend that it was you, because seeing seeing a picture of him at a CFC match made me feel like things were getting back to normal. And so, um. We we miss you oh, on the yeah, capo sure. stand, Galen, and and uh, I hope to be able to buy you a beer at a game at some point in the near future. So, so yeah. Any anything else that that you've got, hey, Todd? Yeah. Uh, hey, if you guys have been following me on uh, on Facebook at all, I've been really hitting up the high school soccer scene. Uh, we got uh, four, five local high schools on the Georgia side. Do you know what you got going on on your Tennessee side there? No, I don't. I, I I don't. I know the playoffs are going on. Um, uh, they have to be going on right now. I think they're early stages for the for the the guys, the women, the the young women play in the in the fall. So it would be just the be just the young men who are playing right now. And I so I know that I think they'd be uh, they're in district tournaments right now. Um, but I've not uh, I've not paid attention okay. to this side of the state line. Other than other than my boys' alma mater. My boys on modern arts and sciences beat up on Signal Mountain, so that's always good. It's never nice to beat up a neighbor. <laughs> you shouldn't encourage. You know what? You keep that kind of language up, you're going to get banned from the podcast. Not from from yeah, anchor anchor's going to kick me off. So uh, yeah, in Woodfield County, we still got Dalton High. All these are advanced to the Elite Eight. Uh, Dalton High in six A, Southeast Whitfield in four A, Cahulla Creek in three A, and then we also have. Um, uh, Gordon Central uh, in two way. Uh, all so all those have advanced to the uh, final eight, and then uh, the Northwest Whitfield uh, women are the lone standing women's side, and uh, our very own uh, former guest Amanda Moore uh, is the uh, head coach down there. <laughs> and so. they're they're in the eight, and they play still... tomorrow night in the yes, in the yes, quarterfinals. 
That's well, correct. if she wins, you know we'll have to have her. If she wins the state title, we'll have to have her back on to talk. Talk and maybe a couple, maybe a couple of her uh, players. Tells me she's going to get to. She's going to get to come back on anyway. Yeah, yeah, because she's she's already advanced uh, further in the state tournament than uh, than uh, the school ever has. So, oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah, and she's got. Yeah, yeah, and she's got she's got several players that have gotten uh, state. Uh, I think even state accolades, definitely region, all region yeah. players. Players, so. Maybe we'll maybe we'll let her bring TJ. I'm, we haven't decided yet. Man, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my greater point though is to get out and support local sco- soccer, even if it's at the high school level. Uh, those kids, uh, there's there's some great local soccer, no matter what side of the border you're on. Uh, so get out there, find it, support. I know that uh, the moms and dads have been doing that for years, but for those of us like myself who uh, don't have kids or just have nothing to do. With, on a Tuesday uh, or Thursday night, get out there, support the your your local uh, kids that are out there. Uh, uh, man, they're playing some some good stuff. So, All right, Tyler, I think I think that's it for tonight. Um, you know, we've got I, I'm working with a, a guest for a, a show. Maybe maybe later this week or early next week, we'll have to I'll have to get with you on a on a, a recording time, um, and then we'll see everybody next Saturday against the Michigan stars, seven 30 at Finley stadium. Everybody please be, go out. The guys need three points uh, and they, and they need us behind them. So we'll see you at that time, Todd. And you know, I'll, I'll be talking to you soon about recording. And uh, with that said, go CFC. Go Blues. Oh, the bear, the cheeky goal.